Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand that finances, well, they can be confusing. But you don't have to face it alone. You can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. And before we go anywhere, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. I pray that this Christmas season has been such a blessing to you and that you are savoring all the things that God has done in your life. I know that at the Office of Crystal Clear Finances, we are so grateful for you, our faithful listeners, for our clients, for the ability to love on you every day, to provide, just like we're doing right now, good information that gives you that confidence to say, yeah, I know what financial decisions to make. I have that clarity. I have the confidence to live and give in the way that I want. And speaking of giving, what a great segue, because we are in part two of our generous series. You know, this is a time of year when we love to give gifts. And there are organizations that are counting on us because 30% of their income comes in during the month of December. And being able to be part of that giving, to be intentional, not something that you're doing sporadically, not something willy-nilly, but an intentional determination that I am going to be part of this. I do want to give to the charities that mean a lot to me. And if you want, you can listen to last week's program because we talked about 10 questions that you can be asking yourself to know, okay, how can I give and how can I give effectively? What are the things that I should be considering? And being able to go through that list and say, yeah, I am giving to an organization that I believe in. And you know, a lot of times people say, well, I'm just giving to my church, but which is good. Pastors don't get mad at me. But there are a lot of organizations out there that have really good causes. I think of Heroes and Horses, New York Family Research. There's so many different organizations that we can be giving to that can align with your values. And I guess that is the underlying issue here is make sure when you're giving that you give intentionally. So let's talk today. So yesterday, we, or I shouldn't say yesterday, last week, we went through Okay, should we be giving? What are the criteria for giving? We talked about it, but this week, this week I want to talk about donor advised funds because there are several ways that you can give. You can give through life insurance, right? And life insurance, you could say, hey, I want to either A, be putting in a small amount, making a premium every month that maybe the church doesn't know about, but when I die, they're going to get this benefit, that's this death benefit that will go to them. I do want to encourage you. I think that's such an awesome idea, but please make sure that you've also taken care of your family. So the death benefit, you have enough to take care of your loved ones, and then the extra you can give to an organization. So there's ways that you can lose, use life insurance. You can also use life insurance when you get to the place in life where you're like, Crystal, I've been working with your office a long time and I think I might not need this life insurance. Okay, well, if we've come to that position, I think there's a lot of fun that we could do with that. But it can be to a place where you say, I'm going to actually donate my life insurance policy to this organization. I'm going to set it up in one of the charitable funds. And get this, when you pay the premium, you can actually, and check with your tax preparer, You can use that as a deduction because you've given up all ownership on that life insurance policy. 
Pretty cool, huh? So you've built this policy up and then you donate it because when you say, I don't need it anymore, and yet you can still keep paying the premiums on it. So a lot of creativity that we can do. There's also, you can give to an organization just with cash, with a check where you can say, okay, this is how much I'm going to do for monthly support. I know that when I served as chairperson on the New York Family Research Foundation, watching the money come in on a monthly basis was so life-giving. There are a lot of organizations that need that monthly, hey, let's have the money come in. But there are other ways that you can give too. You can give with stocks, with mutual funds, with ETFs. And you would say, well, why would I ever want to do that? Well, I gave an example last week, but I want to give that example again today because sometimes when we've bought a stock, we've bought some type of fund, and we've held it for a very long time, we look at it and we say, wow, this has really grown, and gee, if I cash it in now, I'm going to have to pay the taxes on everything. Those are good ones that you can say, well, if I don't need it, Because I've done good financial planning, I'm not counting on this to help me through retirement. So understand, as a certified financial planner, I am not saying that we're going to give away everything and then just trust God. What we're going to do is be good financial stewards. And when we find when we have surplus, because we've done our planning correctly, then we can look at that surplus and say, okay, I'd like to give to this charity. And if you have appreciated, right, it's grown from maybe worth $25 a share when you bought it to $75 a share, you can donate that to the organization that you choose, and then they should be able to take it and they can either hold on to it or sell it and use it right away in their organization. Now, sometimes people say, well, Crystal, I don't want to give my stock. And yes, they say it just like that. I don't want to give away my stock because it has special value to me. But they're afraid to sell it because, well, then they'd have to pay taxes. I don't know. Maybe there could be a creative way where they could donate that stock. And then instead of writing a check to the organization, put that money in their taxable account, and then go buy the stock today at what it's worth. And that way you get to keep the stock that you like and have it in your account, and yet you were able to get rid of that taxable event that was going to come up for you. So a lot of creative ways that you can use when it comes to giving. But today, where I really want to focus on is that donor-advised fund. So let's talk about that. And I will make sure that you understand is that You don't have to be a millionaire or a multimillionaire to use this. In fact, one of the first donor-advised funds that I set up was I had a young couple come in, and her mom had passed away. And so it was a bittersweet type of of situation. And she says, I want to do something in memory of my mom. And I have this, and we've done good financial planning, and I don't really need all of this. So I'd like to set it up in some way that... It honors my mom. Now, her mom was a musician. She was actually a worship leader. So music was a very big part of their life. So I said, well, what if we were able to do a donor-advised fund where you take some money, you decide the amount, and you put it into this fund? Now, you can name the fund whatever you want to name it. So if she wanted to name it after her mom, which she did, she named that fund after her mom. She put the money in. She got the immediate tax deduction. Now, do you think that's why she did it? No. But it didn't hurt to be a good planner, too. So she put the money in the fund. 
Once she put it in there, she got the deduction for that year, but the money sat in the fund. Now, when the next year came, she didn't have to put any more in. There was no requirement. She was done, right? They had a minimum. You had to have $10,000. So she had the $10,000 and she didn't have to keep adding more. So it was once and done. But here was the exciting part. She could, as we were managing the money and as the potential for it grew, as the account grew, she could every year say, Crystal, I'd like to take the growth that happened in my account this year and I want to give it to an organization where they help train people in music. So she literally would research these different places and she would let them, she would let the, the donor advised fund company know, this is who I want to send it to. And they would send it, sending kids to camp, a music camp. She was able to do that one year. She was able to help with an orchestra one year. And what was so neat is that nobody knew who she was but she would listen. So sometimes she would do in local places, local churches, the music ministry needed new, I'm not even going to pretend I understand these, the amplifiers and all the things that they needed in there. And she would make donations. And because her name wasn't on it and she's married, so she had her husband's last name, people had no idea who this fund that was giving fund, money to the, to the worship team. My point in that is that you can make an immediate donation in your family's name, and then you don't have to have the fund give it to a charity yet. Because there are people who say, Crystal, I can do 10000 every year. And if you're doing 10000 every year, after a while, there gets to be, or there could be, a pretty good-sized bucket there. And what their concern was is that if they gave a whole bunch to an organization at once, that if they're not savvy with their funds, they might go overboard and it could hurt them. Just like we do with our kids, right? We make sure that we don't give too much because we know, hey, that wouldn't be good for you. Now, there are people that say, hmm, so a donor advised fund allows you to put money in it. You get the immediate tax deduction that year. You don't have to give it or identify what churches or organizations you want to give it to well, what if I be strategic and we say, and we do this a lot, we'll say, well, how much do you give a year? So let's pretend that they say, Crystal, we give $25,000 a year. So if they're going to give $25,000 a year, and then you look at the standard deduction and you see everything else that's going on, what if we took two or three years giving and we put it all into one gift in one year so that you could maximize itemized deductions and you could get a good deduction on it? Now, of course, that means the following year, you'd probably just take the standard deduction. I mean, talk to your CPA. I am not a CPA. But when we look at these ways that we can even use donor-advised funds for tax purposes, it gives you a, an idea of the power behind it. Now, here's another area. I love teaching my kids about generosity. Now they're older, but growing up, you know, showing them, hey, we're going to give to others. Do you realize that when you have a donor-advised fund, that someday, if you don't live forever, someday someone's going to have to make the choice on your donor-advised fund where those funds are going to go? Wouldn't it be cool if you listed your kids as the new trustees, successors, the ones that are going to say, this is where we want the money to go? 
Can you imagine them getting together once a year, maybe around the Christmas season and saying, okay, mom and dad, they left this fund here, this donor advised fund. And we know mom, she's so patriotic. You know, dad, he loves the government. Well, no, let me rephrase that. He loves to talk about the government and boy, I just dug a hole right there. But mom and dad, <laughs> we know what's important to them. And we're going to give in alignment with in memory of them to these organizations. That's the power of a donor advised fund that really was only $10,000 to start with. And you can save up multiple years of giving to put that money into it. And yet it's not required that it keeps being added to every year. So donor advised fund, I am encouraging you to just take time to look at it. So I thought we'd go over, you know, how does it actually work? So there's six steps. And then I want to talk about nine ways that you can decide, well, is this the right donor advised fund for me? Now, in our office, what's nice is, is when individuals come in and they talk about donor advised funds, we're able to say, okay, here's Waterstone, here's the National Christian Foundation, here's, and list several ones and be able to tell the positive and negatives of each one. But let's pretend that you've gone ahead and you've set up the donor advised fund, we've put it all in place for you. And you say, but Crystal, now I wanna give. Maybe we had a really good year in the market and you can see what your gifting could be. Well, the first thing that happens is you actually write out, you fill out online and you say, I want to give it to this organization. You don't have to explain yourself. You just say, you know, what your name is. This is my donor advised fund that is being held there. And I want to make the donation. They take that donation request and then they go verify. And I love this part. They verify that the company, the organization, the 501c3 is actually legit. I love that. So they're going to go investigate, make sure that's a real organization. And then once they say, yes, it is, then they're going to reach out to me and say, okay, Crystal, we have a request. We verify that, yes, this is good release the funds. And then we're able to go into the brokerage account and say, okay, we're going to release the funds. We release it. That's step number four. And then the grant is paid to the charity. And then if you have it where they know who it's coming from, you get that lovely little letter that says, oh my gosh, thank you. I needed this. This came at just the right time. But it's a very simple process. Even in setting it up, it's an application. You know, I think what takes the most time is identifying what do you want this donor advised fund to do? Like with my client, she knew anything to do with music, learning to play music, learning to sing, anything in that area she felt would honor her mom. So what you need to do is as a family or as, a, as whoever you are, is decide what are the things that are important to you? And if you're noticing between today and last week's theme, Understanding what you hold dear and what your values are and being intentional with the resources God has given you, that's a common theme because that's what stewardship is about. Saying, okay, I realize I have this and I don't think, I don't think it's all for me. I think that I'm supposed to take some for me to eat, some for me to plan for the future, but some, some I want to give away. And that's what the donor advised fund allows you to do. So let's talk a little bit about, well, what are the things that we should be looking for when it comes to a donor advised fund? And I love it because 
Uh, I have information here, and I'm going to put it up in the, the show notes, which is from the American uh, Foundation as Endowment Foundation, because they're one of the organizations that we can use for donor-advised funds and for private foundations, which is a whole nother topic that we can do. But let's talk about seven tips. Actually, we're going to do seven tips, not the nine, because that's a whole nother topic that I'll save because I'm looking at the clock. But seven tips for choosing the best donor-advised fund for you. So let's talk about the first one. And the first one I we say is affiliations. And is the organization that sponsors the donor advised fund affiliated with other entities, other nonprofits? Is it a standalone? Is it independent? How do these affiliations help or hinder your donor funds that are going in there? So again, not only do we do homework on who we're going to give to, but we're even going to do homework on, hey, is this organization a good one to set up my donor advised fund in? Because are they going to hear my requests and implement my requests? Because a lot of trust goes in there because once you put the money in, so sorry, Charlie, you can't take it back because you got to have that deduction on your taxes. So it's officially out of your hands. The second way is contributions. When you're looking to say, I'm not sure if I want to set up a donor advised fund, what company should I use? And again, we use several different companies depending on this answer. Some just like it cash, nice and easy, but others say, uh, we realize that that's probably not the most efficient way to do it is just fund it with cash. A lot of times the most efficient way is to be able to take uh, cost basis, like the stocks that you have that have a very high growth. So there's the cost basis down here and there's been a lot of growth. Those can be ideal, again, once you've made sure your retirement is secure, that you can give to them. Some companies, it's odd, but they can't process different requests like that. So we want to make sure, and the ones that we use here at Crystal Clear Finances, yes, they can take appreciated stock. They can take business ownership pieces. That's a huge step and a whole thing where we bring in the attorney, but they can take those types of donations. So those are things that you're going to want to look into. And the third one, and then we're going to need to take a quick break, is the investments. So you put your money in the donor advised fund. It gets there. You're feeling good. You've got it set up and you're like, this is cool. I've got it in a donor advised that aligns with my values and what I believe in and it's going to support those organizations. And then you find out that, wait a minute. So the investments inside there are supporting organizations you don't believe. <laughs> what if there was a way that you could say, I'm going to put the money into a fund that I can use to help what I believe in and I am going to use funds inside it that align with my belief. You know, the other day we were down in Pennsylvania, me and my friends, and we were staying at a, an Airbnb or an inn is really what it was. And they had eight rooms there. It was a delightful place. Actually, one of the owners of Eventide, which is a values-based fund, that was his place. And so we were all staying there. And as I began talking to my friends about it, they're like, so how do you know this guy? And this is a really cool place. It was a farmhouse that his wife had grown up in and they had remodeled. And so they began to pull up his LinkedIn profile. 
And then they began to realize, they said, oh my gosh, look at all the different things he invests in. And I began to share about with Alzheimer, and I know I've talked about this before, how those little cells that are in our brains that have the little garbage disposal shoot on the end, and they're finding, I know I'm oversimplifying, but they're finding with Alzheimer's that the garbage shoot on the end isn't working. But they're coming up with new drugs and medication that jumpstart that garbage disposal so it begins working again so that people don't have to suffer to the degree with it. So can you imagine being able to say, you know what? Health is a priority to me. Health is wealth to me. And I've had too many people in my life that have passed away because of poor health. So I'm going to set up, do my charitable gifting in a way that it's going to say, I want things for the discovery, the research of cancer, Alzheimer, Parkinson's disease, and then being able to put it in there. And we have a fund that actually focuses on that. That is win, 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 win all across the board. So when you're doing your donor advised fund, when you're looking at it, when you're working with your financial advisor, if you're not a client here at Crystal Clear Finances and you have a financial advisor that you enjoy working with, then ask them, say, listen, how does this donor advised work? How do I make sure not only does the the fund itself, the goal of the fund align with my values, but how do I make sure what's inside my fund is making a difference? Great questions to be asking your financial advisor. We're going to take a quick 60-second break, and then we'll be back with more Crystal Clear Finances. All I want for Christmas are my two front teeth and a financial plan that works. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Financial plans are not one and done. They evolve over time to keep in tune with your changing goals. Although they continue to point in the right direction, consideration for adjustments should be given as options and new improved investment tools become available. Make sure your financial plan is growing with you and is something that you want on your Christmas list. Call 518-433-7181 today and let's schedule that financial appointment for you. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. We are so glad that you join us each and every week. We appreciate you and we're excited to be able to give you information so you can live and give in the way that you were created. You know, it's all about having confidence. When you make those financial decisions, you're like, yep, I know what to do. And today we're talking about becoming confident when it comes to donor advised funds. Now, it's not something you can just go to your local store and just put in place and pick one up off the shelf, but you should be able to sit down with your financial advisor and say, hey, I was listening to Crystal from Crystal Clear Finances and she said, well, maybe don't say it that way, but just let them know that you're interested in a donor advised fund and ask how it would be appropriate in your situation. Not everyone is ready for this step, but I truly believe that if we can understand how these things work, then when the opportunity arises, you can say, hey, wait a minute, Crystal was talking about that one day. I'm finally ready. You know, we have a lot of people that will come in and I'll say, hey, how'd you hear about us? And they're like, I have been listening to you for years and I'm finally ready. And the same thing happens with donor advised funds. You get to the place where you're like, okay, I'm going to bunch my charitable giftings and make a donor advised fund, and I'll be able to be have tax efficiency in the way I do it. All right, 
So let me jump in in our remaining times together. We are talking about the seven tips on choosing the best donor advice for you. And this is information that I got from the American Endowment Foundation. We will put a link below so that you can go ahead and gather information on that. But when we look at it, we talked about we need to know who they're affiliated with when you're choosing a donor advice fund. What your contributions, do they just accept cash or can we do business ownership or stocks? appreciated stocks. How about investments? Once the money gets in there, now is it going to match what your purpose for the fund is, your donor advised fund? So number four is grant distributions. Now this one, think this through. You put the money in there. You make sure the money's lined up with what your values are. You've had the family discussion. You found a place you want to give money to. You're so excited. You fill out that grant distribution form. You put it in and they say, denied. You're like, what? That was my money. I know. Put it in again, still denied. Because technically, they don't have to do it. Now, if they continually turn people down, do you think their business will grow? Yeah, no. But we need to understand when we're looking at this, are there any restrictions? Do they say, you know what? We only do United States, so we're not sending any money to Israel. So sorry, Charlie. Okay, I need to know that before I put in a donor advised fund. Are they going to have religious exemptions? Like as far as, no, we don't give to religious organizations. We won't touch that one. Is there a minimum amount that you have to give every year? You know, I have clients that say, listen, if we've had a bad year, I don't want to do it. If we had a good year, then I want to give all my profits on it. I'm just trying to keep my balance in there, the, the principle in there. These are things that, again, when you're setting up a donor advised fund, it's not something you do just do quickly, but you want to think through and make sure whatever organization you're working with, they will honor your request. And you know, you can even get referrals of other people that are willing to share their experience with that donor advised firm. So it's just something to, to put in the back of your mind. All right, number five, succession. So what happens? You put this in place, you're excited, you're given donations, and then, well, then you die. What happens to the money then? Are they going to just immediately distribute it and now there's nothing left? Or can they allow it so that you have successors that your kids can step up? Or what if you say, well, Crystal, you're talking a lot about kids, but I don't have kids. And I've met a lot of people like that. Well, don't worry that in a situation like that, you can say, I want the organization that we're using. I want you to be the ones that are the successor. You can choose. And what you do is you set it up so that when you're looking at it, you can say, okay, here's the rules. You'll be, when I pass away, you're going to take over, but you have to, like the case with my one client, it has to be with music or it has to be with veterans or whatever way that you want to do it. So you want to talk about succession. The sixth area is online access. You want to be able to log in there and say, okay, how secure is it? Cybersecurity is such a huge thing. I mean, I think of all the things that we do in our office just to make sure our clients are safe. We need to know whatever organization that we're using to set up the donor advised fund, that they are very secure and that you can log in and you can be able to see how things are being managed. And then you can look at it and say, okay, I can go online and put a request in. I don't have to mail them something, but I can get that done. 
And then the last one is you're going to want to look at the cost. Now, in the absence of value, cost is an issue. So we want to see this and we say, okay, does, does this add value? Yes, this adds value. What is the cost associated with it? Because everything does cost money. If we start looking at things and saying, oh, well, I'm not going to pay that money. Well, you get what you pay for. And so we want to be careful that when we're evaluating an organization, that we're not being driven just by what would the fees involved. Now, with that being said, we're also not going to be blind. We are good stewards and we want to watch out to make sure that we're not getting penny, nickel, and dime to death right? The whole goal of the donor advice fund is to be generous. And we don't want that money going to them. We want it going to the charity, but we want them to stay in business. So we've got to make sure that we pay them appropriately. So when we're looking at these areas, these are things that we should be considering when we're evaluating if a donor advised fund is right for you. So let me just repeat them. It's who are they affiliated with, the contributions, the investments, the grant distribution, the succession, online access, and the cost. Whew, we covered a lot today, but I'm thrilled that we did. And I want to encourage you to give our office a call at 518-433-7181. Let's schedule an appointment. Let's talk about if a donor advised fund is right for you. And then join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you. And God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and AlphaStar are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.